Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Monday, March 14th. Don't you just love daylight savings time? We're in daylight savings time right now. Actually, we're not, because it's actually Thursday night, March 10th. My name is Jake Luke. I am joined by Spengeman Powers in his, he's, you know, the flat cap. We already discussed it. We recorded our, our news pod, uh, you know, for our first hour here. And he's uh, he's looking like uh, you know I made the Joe Rogan comparison. It's very like I got Rogan. You Rogan to be bad. I had no idea that was forty four minutes ago, and I had no idea. Yeah, that was you know that was a little a little bit of a cheap shot by me, but it's very a little bit of an early two thousands like comic, like trying to make his way. He gets like a ten minute spot on Comedy Central. He thinks he's on top of the world. He's really only got a couple a couple jokes that he's recycling. He's working on a few. He's also bartending. It's there's a lot going on. I'm Seth Green. It's a good comparison. That's so, what I that's what I think of when I think it's that Michael Jordan because of Kangol, but also Seth Green. So I'm between Michael Jordan and Seth Green. Yeah, that's hey, uh, tell tell Fran I said what up. Oh my God! Don't get me started. Don't get me started, Seth. Yeah, she said what up back. You tell her I said what up back. Because I blasted her. Okay, I'm not gonna say the full line, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. So <laughs> uh, off to a just a, a textbook start here. Uh, to the beatdown big board, or I don't know if I'd say it's our favorite segment, but it's something that it's we- our favorite segment, the Baltimore beatdown big baller brand big board. We gotta. I just feel like that's a Lavar Ball like season desist just waiting to happen. That guy needs. I to want. Get- oh, I want that one. I if do there's too. a C and D to get, that's the one I want. Well, what's gonna end in is like we're gonna have you and him do like a first take style debate show, and I, oh, I fuck yeah. The world, I don't know if the world would be able to handle that. That's that's how we would really get the juices flowing. Um, LeVar, you're welcome to come on the show at any given time. I will debate um, which of your sons is most likely to get his entire basketball career ruined by stealing something out of a store in China, um, if you would like. Ultimately. Jello did that, right, Leangelo? Oh, it was, it was, it was Big G. Yeah. <laughs> Tough scene for the balls. I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Lamelo not really panning out. I don't know what's going on. What? Lamelo not panning out. Well, that you have not watched any NBA, have you? Oh no, wow. No, you're you're absolutely right. I haven't. Oh wow. Oh wow. I, I think is, I meant Lonzo. That was speaking of Stephen A. First takes out. That was blasphemous. I think I think I meant Lonzo. I don't even know what team Lonzo's on right now. Lonzo's a bull, baby. Yeah, Lonzo. Lonzo did not work. This is the Baltimore beatdown. Big baller brand. Big board. So I keep track of my balls. I, listen, I hope. Always so. got two of those things on. I was going to say you don't have that many, so I, I would hope so. Um, Always keep those things on me. Not even shot at you. Just biologically factual, but. Yeah, here we are. I mean, it's been one year to, well, probably not to the exact date that we did this, but, you know, it's same same ballpark. Shout out to Vincent Vega, same fucking ballpark. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're back here. We're here to discuss something near and dear to your heart, uh, the edge. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, starting off with the edge for the Beatdown Bay Board, it's a position that, looking at it for the Ravens, um, you kind of, you know, you look at some of the guys they got there. Um, it's an interesting group. feels like uh, it's one that's, you know, I, I've been using the phrase caught between generations a lot. It feels like they're really not even anymore because you got some of these guys on the way out, like uh, a Justin Houston. Um, you look at some of these guys like Owe who have come in that, uh, you know, promising young talents and then sort of the mid-tier talent and Tyus Bowser and uh, other guys that haven't panned out that are still kind of clinging on. What do you What do you make of the edge position for the Baltimore Ravens right now? It's a need, I would say, is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, ultimately, they need to address, I guess, the Sam position in a way. Dalen Hayes, also a factor. Jalen Ferguson, we'll see. Um, got some trusted snaps in ways. I don't know, has had such a weird weird tenure in Baltimore so far. Other than that, Owe. Owe can be... The advantage of always to me is that he can be a Sam or he can be a rush. He can be your strong side run defender or he can be your more nimble, uh, drops off into coverage a hair more and chases down the the long boots and things of that nature um, on play action or rollouts or things like that. So he really is a great chess piece because of his versatility, because of the fact that he can play on first and second down on the strong side of formation when you need him to and that he has the juice as a, as a pass rusher. Um, you know, Still working on being clean as a pass rusher, uh, I would love to see him add more functional strength. I want to see that stab, that inside long arm stab, become a lot more dominant from him. So um, we've seen some real nice flashes of it, and it felt like he really started to understand that he needed to make that his kind of home base to stay neutral. So very excited for him. Ty's Bowser, devastating news, is not as big of a need. Um, could really be filled by like a Marcus Golden or you know mid-level or mid-to-lower-level free agent if Ty's Bowser hadn't suffered that Achilles injury. I mean... Just really devastating. Hopefully he's back in time for camp or, or in time for the season. Um, it's going to be pretty tough to be back in time for camp, but ultimately, big need. Big, deep class in both free agency right now in ways as well as this draft class. So as of now, we are ahead of free agency when we're recording, so we'll, we'll kind of just operate through that lens of what the Ravens need in general more so because, like I said, away can do whatever you want. Bowser, Hurt, you need guys. You need bodies. You need talent. All of it. So um, excited to see what this room can become. I think with OA, there is a, a good a good start, so to speak. But bows are very disappointing, and that leaves us where we are. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, there there are bound to be some intriguing options on the, on the uh, market. 
In our last hour, you talked about Akeem Hicks. He might be more, more of like a defensive line guy, but he could be giving you maybe some of what you want as far as what you'd be looking for in an edge, at least in the pass rush department and run stopping, obviously. But uh, the Ravens, you know, they they don't just stop the run and get after the quarterback. They like to let their guys drop back a little bit in coverage too along the edge. So um, I mentioned in the last hour, it is a good year to need cornerbacks. It's a good year to need offensive linemen with this draft. It's also a good year to need an edge. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that are going to be available for them at pick number 14 and throughout, I think. Um, I've got about 12 total guys written down. How many of you watched? I know you've been uh, kind of all over this position. Yeah, uh, I think I've watched in some way, shape, or form about 16 of them um, to this point. I still, there's, there's not, I'm not completely done with quite a bit of them, but I have a pretty good feel for what I think their game is and where they lie, and especially the top guys. I'm, I'm pretty thorough in uh, at this point. So a couple question marks, but um, thick class. And what I want to really have tried to do was because last year didn't have the Hutchinson and the Thibodeau, uh, but they had the Jalen Phillips and, and kind of those second tier, we're confident in this guy. They're a first-round talent kind of guy. Um, so trying to compare the Jermaine Johnson, David Ajabo, Trayvon Walkers to the Quiddy Pays, the Jalen Phillips, the Gregory Russo, the you know, Owe, the Aziz Ajalari, um, all those guys. So trying to kind of stack the last two because we really thoroughly looked at the edge class last year. I really thoroughly looked at it. It's still fresh in my brain. Um, so trying to stack those guys on top of it and where they fit, consider the options at the top of the draft with Hutchinson and Thibodeau, who we can get into, but ultimately are not probably going to be a factor for the Ravens without a major trade-up. So um, lot, a lot of guys, a lot of dudes, a lot of men in this class. Yeah, I guess we can get into that. I mean, I, I think I see Hutchinson is definitely a top five lock. Reading up a little bit on Thibodeau, I think he's more of a top 10 lock. He could certainly go top five, um, but whether it's a smokescreen of teams trying to get him pushed down a little bit, there's stuff coming about, out about like his passion for the game and that kind of stuff. So it seems like he might be in a little bit more of a dicey spot than Hutchinson, who I think you know he might not make it past Detroit, which is probably a pretty... Good fit with him being a Michigan boy there. But, uh, I mean, I mean, we could talk about those two guys a little bit. I mean, just sort of getting into them. I mean, obviously, I wrote down out of range for both of them. But, you know, of course, a good fit. And, I mean, Hutchinson, coming out of that Mike McDonald defense, there's uh, it's unfortunate when this happens. But, you know, you, you'd like to, you know, cross those racial lines a little bit. But there is some Nick Bosa stuff going on, you know, around uh, as far as comparisons for Hutchinson. Um, I didn't really see that with him. I mean, like... I like him a lot, obviously. I do think he is that top five talent. Um, explosive, good hands, good agility, just good run defender, and like versatile too. Um, and apparently just like a top tier kind of effort and locker room guy, which that's another cliche for for guys like him, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he seems like the total package to me. Um, maybe not quite that, that Bosa type. So maybe... He does fall and the Ravens do get a little frisky and like to move up. But, you know, he's he's a guy who is pretty much as advertised, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, I see a little John Abram to his game, um, a little Jared Allen. Some of those guys, ultimately, uh, Abram was a lot. Or excuse, uh, Abraham, Abraham. Gosh, not the guy from the Raiders. Total brain fart. Um, John Abraham back from the Falcons. I, I see that power. I see that ability to work through. I see the, the ability against the run. Um, Jared Allen, I kind of see the lack of arm length, but the ability to just still contort your body, still win as a bigger guy um, with movement skill, with power, with with the hand counters, ultimately. It's just hard to block him for a long time. Uh, 
Simply put, he is going to be able to throw hands at you. He, when given a runway, has insane explosiveness, the ability to devastate into the pocket and then work off of it with rips, to work off of it with swipes, to work off of it with lifts, um, all those things. So I think he gives you juice out of a two-point stance. I think he gives you juice out of a three-point stance. Uh, I really like him out of a two-point stance a little bit more. And ultimately, I, I had just had written down that his back, his back is stiff, but his limbs have a lot of flexibility to them. It's, it's kind of weird. He doesn't look like he's super bendy, but he's really big and tall and he is moving and is able to throw. So the bend isn't there. He's not going to ghost guys. He's not Von Miller. He's not in that realm, but he's also way taller. So um, he's able to seal himself, kind of like what you want to do when you're driving to the, to the rim in basketball, able to win and win through, make the finishing move that you have fully established yourself past a defender. And um, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have four, four get off or anything like that, but um, really is just methodical with strength with some twitchiness, with enough to, to win around all three phases. Inside counters are incredible. Uh, in that sense, you see some maybe some, you know, a little bit bigger Max Crosby. Um, the, in, the Inside counters need to be paired with an Ajabo, though. So asking him to be your primary, think of a Yannick Ngakwe, where he's going to win or on the arc and make the quarterback step up so much. Hutchinson's going to win inside more and more cleanly um, throughout his career. So, I would like to pair him with someone that is going to, to enable him to do so and force quarterbacks into a catch-22 of drifting, you know, fading out, not knowing where that speed rusher is around the left side, if, if that's the case, and then having Hutchinson in your face with his height, with his kind of hulking presence to make you move and, and fall into a pass rush. So I like him rushing better, similar to TJ Watt. I like him rushing better off of the, the left side over the right tackle. Um, yeah, just, you know, he also has a golden boy factor to him a little bit. So I... Think he's had that for quite some time, and and I'm not gonna not gonna not put that down. You see the charisma, you see the the character, you see the the want, the will, all that good stuff. That's why I'm thinking Lions. It just feels like such a perfect fit. Like Ann Arbor, right up the road, coming and change the culture with Dan Campbell. He feels like he'd be a great fit. And I mean, like the lack of speed you mentioned, yeah, it's there. And I mean, like the arm length, like 32 inch. He's not like the longest arms in this class either, but like he makes up for it all with power. Like guys just fucking bounce off of him. Um, just watching the tape. So he's he's a fun watch, and uh, yeah, I think he is going to be out of range for the Ravens, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Lions for him. So he's probably going to be out of the out of the conversation. But uh, yeah, he's he's a nice player, certainly. Then, I, yeah, I guess we can get into Thibodeau. I wrote down probably top 10. First note that I wrote for him is that he has and likely will have an immediate presence on the edge with his athletic profile. He's not even, I don't even think he's like that tall necessarily for a guy at his position. I, 6'4", is like he might Average, say. yeah. Yeah, 6'4", so he's not like one of these 6'6 six, six guys, but... Just has a presence. Um, speed to power, I wrote down. Explodes off first step. Consistently had tackles on their heels within the first second or two of a play. So very powerful and uh, just explosive off the line. Um, I wrote solid dip and bend. Can counter when, you know, about to get washed out of a play. Great speed in the open field. He doesn't really... I didn't get the sense he always knew what was going on. And uh, he could kind of overcommit in the run game a little bit. I wrote down lack some finesse to his game. Uh, could probably... Uh, develop a little bit more hand usage. He doesn't quite have the natural fluidity. You always or you mentioned, and I feel like we always mention like Von Miller when it comes to the bend because he's just sort of the creme de la creme there. He's not Von Miller at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, loss in coverage I wrote down. And, you know, he's not the perfect prospect to to that point. But like, like I said, he has that presence. You mentioned the golden boy thing. I don't think it's quite like that. But just a guy that 
I'd be very. He has that same kind of factor right. about him. Yeah, exactly. I'd be I'd be very comfortable making him a top five, top ten pick and saying like, hey, you're going to be a changer. Um, comparison I saw that was interesting was not mine. I think it might have been Zier lines or something. Said Brian Arakpo, which I liked a lot. Yeah, I like Arakpo. Um, he's not as insane of a of a tester or athlete, but uh, recency bias. Michael Parsons just attacking. He's very attacking. He's very downhill. He is very violent. Um, abuses tight ends. I don't. He just doesn't quite have that next level athleticism of a Michael Parsons. I don't think he's going to be that. You know, Parsons can go play off ball linebacker, but just the way he kind of is just like fixated, ripping at tackles and like starts. I don't know. He really starts getting this assertiveness, aggressiveness. It's almost like a a dog, like a trained canine that's ready to attack. He really wants to go just annihilate a tackle, and you see it so often. Um, he he just. Can run. I don't think his counters are super developed yet. He's very simple. Um, it's like a slight counter. It's it's using his kind of aggression and explosiveness as his neutral base to win through. And there's just like a little rip or a little swipe or a little bit of finesse. He can turn his shoulders while he is gunning. So he has good bend overall. Um, I think he's really exciting to watch. I think he absolutely also has that it factor about him, that presence, that aura on the field. You can feel it. He absolutely is not the best at diagnosing in the run game, but at block deconstruction in the run game, very strong. Very, very, very strong at taking on blocks. Um, I don't think the processing is there yet at a super high level um, as a run defender, but I think it will be. And I I like him a lot. I think he's gotten kind of uh, analysis paralysis in this, and he just has the get off. He has the the understanding for pass rushing lanes. And I think he's just going to continue to add to his repertoire. Um, I see him being a, a pretty high profile sack player um i really think you know as a pass rusher i I might i like i think i like thibodeau over hutchinson to be honest um such a young age too for him to break out the way he did um i I think there's a lot a lot a lot of good football ahead of him i've also seen the jadevian Clowney comparison he's not as monstrous as Clowney, but he has that same kind of ferocity just in his general uh capacity as a football player so um i'm very curious to see where he ends up um, three, four versus four, three, whatever, hand in the dirt, whatever, uh, feels like he's got to stand up. I, I really, 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 really like him as well standing. So uh, I hope he, he goes to a similar situation four man front the Ravens. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he makes it out of the top five or six, but there's a lot of people that are talking a lot down on him. And if there's some sort of stupid analysis paralysis, it, I would consider him a player worth trading up for. Um, if he's at like 10, if he's at like nine, Certainly, I, I see him bringing a, a definite talent infusion to the Ravens, pairing with OA insanely well, um, and just having two real destructive players up front. So, probably out of range. I think, like, I'm if I'm picking in the top five, I don't know if I can pass on him over several of the guys, depending on my situation. So, um, Giants, you know, feel like a really good spot for him. Um, love him. I love him. I love Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, and this is what sucks about this quarterback class being the way that it is. Uh, it feels like a guy like this, and you know, maybe even last year could have slid a little bit. Um, but yeah, it feels like he might be locked into a spot uh, well before the Ravens are going to have a chance at him. But uh, yeah, another player that I, I like a lot too, and I feel like he would be a good fit with the fact that he did stand up a lot. I feel like he would fit in with, um, and I don't even really know Mike McDonald's defense that well, but I'm sure he would be a fit because he's a great player, and great players fit in most places. So yeah, there's that. So they're kind of, in my opinion those two guys we just discussed kind of in their own tier and tier one there. 
I guess what my next tier would be, um, it would be three or four guys for me. So I wrote down, and this, I guess these are the way that I rank them. So I had David Ojabo uh, ranked third. Ojabo. Ojabo. Uh, George Karloftis behind him, and then Jermaine Johnson behind Karloftis. And then I had Boy Maith behind those guys. Um, I like your boy. I'm surprised. I thought your boy Abiketti would be pretty high on yours. He's, I guess you probably have him right after that. He's up there. He's yeah. He's just below that. So he, I got him as a day two guy. I just found out too that he's a uh, a Silver Spring guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. He went to Einstein, which one of my, one of my college roommates went there. Yeah, he's a Temple Temple tough guy too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of second group, I guess. Um, for me, I have it really close between Jermaine Johnson and Trayvon Walker. Ojabo, I I do like so many things about him. Um, I'll start there, I guess. Ojabo is so young. Ojabo does have a decent enough profile um, in terms of size. The thing I like about him the most is his rhythm as a pass rusher. I like the way that his elbows and his knees or his pistons are corrected are connected with rhythm and he's able to really stride. He has really efficient attacking strides and setup strides, very unorthodox movements from his upper body. And he's able to pair like a basketball player, pair his, you know, left arm with his right leg to dip or to swipe or to rip whatever it is, um, or to do a spin move. His spin moves are dynamic. Uh, so I really like him as a pass rusher. I'm pretty close between him and Jermaine Johnson as pass rushers. Um, I think Ajabo obviously has more bend and probably fit. He just finishes really well. He understands, like I was talking about um, Hutchinson earlier, Ajabo knows how to turn a pressure into a sack, maybe the best in this class. He, when he wins, it is clean to the quarterback, not just I'm beating my block and then figuring out where the quarterback is. He has a very good awareness of where the ball is in the quarterback's hand. Um, the the uh, fumble carriage where the you know strike zone is, uh, really good awareness. Just really worried about, and, and again, he did show some things against the run, just really worried about how confident you are to keep him on the football field. Um, I get it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, who cares about the run? Who cares about the run? But eh, it, it's it's a true weakness and you're just not comfortable. Football coaches are not going to be comfortable sticking him out there. NFL level guys are not going to be comfortable sticking him out there immediately on first and second down. A lot of work is needed there still. Um, hands are okay. Ability to you know, hold the edge, improved, getting a better understanding for how to kind of angle his body through uh, his back leg, through his inside arm so that he can hold the edge and prop up and prop out. Just not at the top of the draft at 14, you're going to need to be as an edge player. I'm looking for someone who I can trust on all three downs. I'm looking for someone I can trust in any situation. I want them to be able to win with strength, to be able to win around the arc, and I want them to have inside counters. Uh, The strength is still a little bit of a question mark for me. So, um, overall, the ability to just kind of win with bull rush with the long arm is there, but not his strong suit. Um, I do see some Brian Burns to him, though. Very much so. So very intriguing. I do have a first round grade on him. Um, he's just a little bit behind those other two guys for me. Yeah, I love him. I wrote top 15. Um, and uh, you made you made plenty of good points, obviously. Um, so I wrote long and strong. And I think like, I don't know how much sense this makes, but he definitely you notice the lack of pop in the run game with him but it feels like he's strong when it's time to finish. Like when he's got the ball carrier in front of him, he uses his length to get down there and make the tackle. Great pursuit speed too. Yeah, great he, pursuit speed. High effort pursuit speed down the line, plays off ball very much so. 
his striking is just like insane. Like the, the Michigan state game is one of the most fun games that I've watched for any player. And I want to say that he had a scoop and score where he just freaking wrecked the quarterback coming off uh, the weak side. Um, so when he, when he hits, he hits, you mentioned the, uh, you compared OA to a certain, um, actor in, you know, maybe a little bit of a more seedy industry. Uh, he's, he's a guy who, when he hits, he hits, he delivers those back shots. So yeah, he's, he's fun to watch in that regard. He's strong when it comes to that, but yeah, the lack of pop in the run game is kind of an issue, especially for a guy, um, who would be doing what he would be doing for the Ravens. Uh, I wrote down length comes into play with that finishing ability. Like I said, loved his ability to, to corral QBs and ball carriers. Um, yeah. And I said, certainly more power and moves than natural bend. Uh, that said, I do like the moves that he does have jab steps, spin moves and swims. Um, and yeah, all in all, I just said a very, you know, outside of the, some of the issues in the run game, I just feel like considering his athletic profile, considering what he can do as a pass rusher, I just think he'd be a pretty, pretty perfect fit for the Ravens, especially who he is off the field. Um, being, I think, I think he's Nigerian originally. He grew up in Scotland. He, you know, comes over and he's just, it seems like a very high character guy that the Ravens would love. Very, very uh, confident as well in what I've seen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely get it there at, four, at uh, 14. I'm, I'm not mad there, um, if that's the pick. Very intriguing overall. I just worry about incomplete players when it comes to that that split. I think a lot of play strength against the run factors into the NFL so much and what you can do. So, I think he'll. if you're a stiff tackle, I think he can wreck you. Very much so. If you're a non, non-high-level athlete in terms of what he can do bending around the edge, in terms of what he can do with his uh, unorthodox movements, his spin moves, and um, some of his counters, he can have mo- – I think he'll have monster games against weaker-level competition, especially with a lead and, and in the kind of the right circumstances. Uh, the perfect storm for him is with a lead, able to pin his ears back, all those things. Bendier, Yannick Ngakwe, less uh, less – Less football IQ overall. I think there's some plays where, and he's gotten some knocks from people about like taking plays off at times or things of that nature. I think it's just that he's like kind of unsure how to navigate certain football situations still. So just needs a little refinement. I think he'll be a a much better player. I do have a first round grade on him. Um, In terms of like grading him against last year's class, I don't know that there's anyone as fluid as him in that class. Um, and this one, I think, you know, Thibodeau is a really explosive athlete. They're a little different. I think Jermaine Johnson is very explosive, just a little bigger, um, not as bendy. But really, I think last year might have gone really, really high in that class as well um, overall. So really high-level athlete. Played high school football at the Dafe away, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. So very, very interesting overall. But but moving into the other guys. Um, so again, I, I wouldn't be mad with the job. But I think the potential is there. I'm just more confident in these other two. Trayvon Walker, to me, had the most riding on the combine out of any of these guys um, and just emphatically slammed it out of the park. You hear so many, so, so, so many coaches say, yeah, like the lack of get off, you know, he wasn't really threatening as a pass rusher. He just, it felt like wasn't asked to be. And knowing that he can run the way he can, that he can put his arm and leg down in that stance and run like that answers a lot of questions for me. Um, the power is dynamic, explosive. His ability against the run is astonishing. He is a piece of metal 
a specimen. And I don't know. I, I'm just very confident that he can give you more in the pass rushing department very easily. Um, the versatility to move, kick inside, play that, you know, three I through five tech is very strong. And I, I don't know that I've seen a more dominant run defender in a long time. Uh, last couple classes for sure. He is insane against the run. No one can beat him consistently against the run. He is outstanding. And to have that opposite of OA to me, who can also play the run, but also is bendier, is going to be able to run that arc and and go be that you know more attacking player. Walker's great in space, though, too. But um, those two guys are just, that's an unfair matchup, I feel like, from a length perspective, a size perspective, what they can do against the run and, and kind of forcing you to be into those passing downs, really funneling things back inside. I think that's a really dynamic duo. I'm sorry, I tuned you out there. Did you move on to uh, Trayvon Walker? Yes, I did. My bad, dude. I was doing some uh, some production work here behind the scenes. But yeah, he's a guy I didn't watch anyway quite yet, so I'm going to have to get around to him. But uh, I will take your word, and that does sound like, uh, you know, it sounds like getting a complete player probably would be a smart move because, you know, people bixed about OA getting put into coverage, and it really, like, wasn't happening in the way people thought. So uh, specializing him as a pass rusher and allowing maybe another uh, guy on the other side to uh, handle some of the more dirty work I think might be might be a good move. So it sounds like he could be a good fit at that. I'll have to watch him a little bit more. Um, Rashawn Gary comp is very easy. I like it a lot for him. Okay. Um, progression is a pass rusher. I think he's just a little bigger, a little stronger, not quite as uh, you know low to the ground, but I, I like that comp a lot. Where do you come down on Voss's boy, George Karloftis? I'm uh, I like him a lot. I'm a little... It's interesting because I started watching him and I didn't get it at all. I think uh, there, there were some weird games in the uh, the database that we call from for some of this all 22. So I don't know if I was like super impressed. I started to get it after a little bit more, but uh, I wrote down top 15. I liked him a lot. What did you think? I have a second round grade on him. Um, I like him. I don't think he can win in all three tridents of the pass rushing lane. Uh, I don't think he really has any ability to win around the outside. He has a weird body type. Uh, he's very bottom heavy. He's capital T H I C C C C C in the legs. Very like skinny upper body kind of I don't know misfit body type. Hands fantastic. Maybe the best. You know him and Hutchinson uh, probably have the best hands in the class. I'd say. I think he's black belt certified. I think that's why he is a good player and will be a good player. Um, I just don't love the... I, I also was very surprised that he's not a super dynamic run defender. Uh, he has a really short tackle radius. I don't think he's good at getting guys to the ground. Hits quarterbacks like a nightmare. Um, absolutely saws them in half. Like, you know, an axe from a, a fireman trying to kick down a house, uh, kick down a door. He He really... When he wins, and he can win very cleanly because of his hands, he has the counters. He is black belt, certified as a pass rusher. Destroys quarterback. So not a plus run defender. Can't win around the outside. Those are his two limitations to me. Other than that, will find his way to the quarterback. He's smart. He's very young. I think he's still 20. Yeah. Um, he's a big boy. There's there's strength to boot in his game. I just think he's not, I don't know. I just see those two glaring weaknesses, and I don't think he can improve on them a ton. Yeah, he'll be 21 as a rookie. 6'4", 266, uh, 32-inch arms, 32 and 5 eighths to be exact. Um but yeah, it just it's it was interesting to me because I, 
I started watching him. It was a, probably a while ago, and people were talking about like top ten for him. And I started watching. Him. I was like, "What am What am I looking at?" Maybe even a little bit earlier than that. Um, but then I, I started watching him a little bit more, and I just think a team is going to fall in love with him and his unique body type, uh, and just the power that he brings. Um, you mentioned the hands. Uh, I love the hands. I love the pop off the line, and it just feels like he's just power bull rush. Just if you get him in a one on one situation with a guy, he's just going to win with power. He's just going to move the guy back into the quarterback. Um, I like that. I like that about him a lot. Um, I think you made some good points though. Like quickness processing are two things that I wrote down that concerned me a little bit. Um, and it too often, like this is another kind of, maybe a little anecdotal, but it, it seemed like he was just out of reach of making the big play. Um, he's just like right there, but that could be a function of playing on a Purdue defense. So I'd be interested to see, get him into a situation where he's surrounded by talented players, guys that are going to win with speed around him. Uh, and maybe get him into one-on-ones. I think he could be kind of a wrecking ball. So I don't know. I think maybe a team will kind of kind of fall in love with him a little bit and uh, take him early. He seems like uh, another, uh, you know, golden boy is a stretch for him, but it seems like he's uh, a guy with some it characteristics off the field. Maybe you mentioned how young he is and how he was a leader on that defense. Uh, probably a little bit by default, but uh, yeah, I, I liked him. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens with him. He's a weird projection. Um, he so to me, I mean, he needs to. I think he knows what to do. He has a very slim margin for error. He doesn't play with a lot of length. He doesn't have a lot of length. Um, so he can't have his chest. He cannot lose his chest. So I think longer, yeah, really high level tackles in the NFL. I think will handle him pretty easily. Um, relatively, he's going to be able to counter off of you eventually and like go get some hits here and there, maybe a sack, but. Um, I think he has a very slim margin for error, but he knows that. He's very quick. I have heard Purdue's uh, strength and conditioning coach said he is the most dedicated weight room, nutrition, diet, sleep, rehab, everything player he's ever been around in his like 30 years of experience. Has had, the head coach said the exact same thing. Very hard worker. Seems like a very high character guy. Played 15 different sports. He was really good at like water polo and shot put and discus and all kinds of crazy stuff. So Interesting player. I, I do think the power is there, but um, just just lacks those couple things uh, against the run. To me, he is he plays low, and he he just really is unable to see the ball on inside run concepts, and has to try to peak really quickly, and has to lose his positioning to get eyes on the ball. Um, he can't lock out versatility, bringing him inside on third down. I do like that. I do think um, he just he wants to be a speed rusher sometimes, and he's just not. He has too much stiffness in his hips. Be a bull rusher. Be an inside winner. You know, uh, what I do like about him as well, very rarely runs past the quarterback's rush lane, you know, escape lanes. Plays with like a kind of awareness of where the quarterback is. Very rarely see him out of place. I think he is smart, but just a little, uh, he needs to refine a little bit. You're not a speed rusher. Stop trying. It's not going to work. It's only going to get worse. You're only going to get stiffer as you get older, most likely. Um, But the hands are crazy. And I don't know. I, I feel like I've been wronged by Derek Barnett and AJ Epinesa and a couple guys who are kind of similar players. And I, I don't want to, I, I would rather gamble on Ojabo for sure than Karloftis, especially high in the first round. Makes sense. Uh, Jermaine Johnson. I know you like him. It's my boy. Um, my, my red star out of this class, uh, especially, you know, I'll, I'll do one from one. That's probably a first round player and one that's, you know, later rounds day two, day three or whatever. But to me, Jermaine Johnson's a complete package. Uh, I'm not surprised to see him have the same level of success as anyone in this edge class. I would like to gamble on him. I think that he is a prototypical 
edge defender, dominant against the run, uh, just about as good as Trayvon Walker, not quite as prodigious in height and length uh, to a degree. So Walker maybe a little, you know, 5% better at holding the edge or something, but pursuit is there. I see him making plays um, in the run game, nonstop, 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 good pursuit speed, good uh, recognition of concepts can work against zone concepts can work uh, when a blocker is coming in as a puller or something of the sort. Incredible get off. Awesome. 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 Get off so much violence in his hands. Um, just a really tough dude to block. I, he can spin inside. He can spin outside. He has that as well as anyone other than David Ajabo in this class hands still. Not, I wouldn't say he's black belt certified yet. I think he could still work some, some cleaner moves, but just such a freaking F 15 out of the gate at times that you don't want to get too fancy with it. Um, devastating power, devastating shock, enough athleticism to chase down athletic quarterbacks. I don't know that he's as good of a finisher as an Ajabo in terms of converting a pressure into a sack, but he understands when he when a tackle has had a good pass set or a line is well positioned and will just go FSU. He'll go fuck shit up. He w- will launch himself into the pocket to make sure the quarterback feels pressure. Um, so to me, very complete player, very confident in him, uh, tested really well. So I would have liked to see that three cone, whatever, just a little more context. He's not the bendiest guy in the world, but I think he's kind of in the Thibodeau class of like, I have insane get off and I'm loose enough that I can hit you with a little power on the way and you're not going to be able to stop my momentum. Um, so he can rip under and all those things. And just watching him at the senior bowl was, I mean, I, best senior bowl performance I've seen in the years we've been doing this podcast and insane, insane athlete, insane, freaky guy. Somewhere between like Miles Garrett and Preston Smith, I think is the outcome of his career. Preston Smith, solid player. Miles Garrett, obviously outstanding all pro. So somewhere in the middle of that, I think is what you're getting. Yeah, definitely. I only really watched some Georgia tape, um, but I liked it a lot. And I, I wrote down, he reminded me of some of these outside backers who come out of Georgia a little bit, just very well-rounded guys. You mentioned the term prototypical. I wrote down, uh, it just seems like that prototype, like prototype first round outside linebacker that you're really, you're not gambling too much. You know, you're probably going to get a good player. Uh, I wrote down like the footwork speed and power ability a lot. Uh, good pass rusher right off the bat is what I'm expecting. And sneaky, like good in coverage. You mentioned being well-rounded. Like there were times when he was like blanketing wheel routes downfield with some of these running backs yep. that are pretty fucking fast in the sec. So yeah, impressive, impressive dude like him a lot. Um, very, very polished to me. Very polished. Yeah. I think he's ready. Yeah. Complete package. Um, so those are those are uh, my first round guys. Um, again, I have Karloftis in the second round. After that, it's I mean it's a crapshoot. I'm I'm really high on one guy. Um, it's going to be stupid, but last year I had William Bradley King. He did find his way to the field. Was drafted very low, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit just for a quick one. Sam Williams, another guy I want to throw my my name on um, as as a red star kind of guy. Just rocket ship reminds me a lot of Darrell Taylor out of Tennessee who. Took a little while, came on really strong with the Seahawks, but that's that's a dude that has incredible explosiveness. He was interviewed um, about kind of his pass rush plan, and he just said speed and power, speed, speed, speed and power. Um, you, you, I'm going to make you set. I'm going to make you vertically set and get to your spot and beat me there, and you're not going to do it for four quarters. So just a freaking firecracker around the edge. Really like him a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that sounds like a guy I'm going to have to check out. I did not watch any of him. Um, yeah, but those were my first-round guys as well. I did have Maeve as like late round one, early round two guy if things break right for him. Uh, I think like with all these other guys that are 
ahead of him, I think the, you know, teams might, you know, fill that need early on and not need to take a guy like him. But I wrote him down as a red star guy, liked him a lot uh, out of Minnesota. He's going to be 23 as a rookie, uh, I believe. So 6'4", 261, another kind of interesting profile, 32-inch arms. Um, and I believe his combine numbers are pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, 4'5", 3'40", dash. I mean, that's pretty legit. And um, he's a guy who I wrote, another thing, I wrote down presence. I wrote down anchor and lateral agility with him. Speed and change of direction, also a plus. Definitely a little bit of a overcommit guy in the run game at times. That could hurt him. Um, and he doesn't really, I wrote down, we, we've been talking a little bit about like toolkit and hand usage and moves. He doesn't really have like a ton of that, but he does. I, I said that he had like good spatial awareness to be able to get himself out of those situations at the very least and like do something on a play that he otherwise might have been washed out of. Um, similar to a Jabo, just not really who you want to rely on as that run game anchor. But yeah, I wrote down, I wrote down my guy. I think he could be a really good value pick in the second if he falls that far. And um, yeah, I wrote down if he has a strong combine, that certainly could happen. And I believe he did have a good, uh, strong combine. So I like him a lot. Yeah, Boye, I think um, can, can grow still. Um, I do like the comp that I saw of Josh Shea coming out of Michigan. Just jack of all trades a little bit. So it's Boye. Is it Boye Maffei? I think it's Boye Maffei. Maffei, okay. I believe. I might be incorrect there. Um, so to me, a little bit of work to be done with him, but makes plays against the run. Doesn't seem super overwhelmed. Good size. Tested out of this world. Um, there's there's an effortlessness to him, uh, but at the same time, I think the processing, the FBI, the football intelligence, still against the run, still against certain situations, um, still interested by. I do have Arnold Ebiketti ahead of him. Um, guys that I have rated pretty similarly, but he's just smooth. Boye Mafe, very, very, very smooth. Can win around the outside. He has good length. Um, I have a second round grade on him as well. Um, I actually have him higher than, than Carl Loftus just because I think that he's ultimately going to be capable of winning with that burst. And, and that's the trade I really want to bank on in this class. There's a lot of it coming. And I think he's going to be able to win with burst, win with some, with some rips around the edge, um, can go attack the quarterback. And just generally, a, I don't know, a good football player. Kind of feels like a, like a Tyus Bowser as a pass rusher in ways in, in the sense that it's pretty simple. It's, you know, he's athletic, he's long, he trusts himself. He's not really shooting a hezzy a ton. He's not really, he's pretty direct in his approach and he's a very smooth athlete. Uh, has enough power to, to do what he wants to do. So uh, do think he's a, would be a, a good situation at 45 for the Ravens, definitely. I'm not sure he lasts that long. I think he definitely could be a, a late round one, early round two guy and had a super impressive senior bowl as well. So uh, I'm ultimately excited to see what he grows into think he could be kind of a non-factor as a rookie, perhaps. Um, someone that kind of develops year two, year three a little bit more. But I uh, think the measurables are all there. I think that it's you can you can see the growth in his game over time. And I think he's he's ready to continue his development and potentially be an impact player. PJ Flex sneaky putting a program together there. First rounders year turned, after year. Turned out, a lot of, turned out a lot of athletes last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, you mentioned the word smooth. I mean, there's a lot of smoothness with a lot of these guys, Falele, Rashad Bateman. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a non sequitur, but uh, good for them. Uh, I guess we can get into Epiketti then. Um, 
Interesting profile on this guy. You see anywhere from 6'2 to 6'4 with his measurements. So I said around 6'3, 250, 34-inch arms out of Penn State, originally from Temple, to your point there. Uh, 21 on the bench press, 38 vert jump, 128 broad jump. Uh, wrote down strong and stout as opposed to long and freaky, explosive first step, and powerful in getting off blocks. Quick and twitchy, not necessarily super bendy. I like the read and reactability. Uh, especially when it comes to recognizing the pass and also where to make his move in the run game. Uh, I think I you know, said some of this on the show with Bobby, but kind of reminds me of a guy who could be a little bit of an inverse Courtney Upshaw where you get him in there as a situational pass rusher as a rookie and then develop his role from there. I like him a lot. Yeah, uh, inside hands, the inside swipe he uses is just so consistent. Um he kind of has a similar body, he has a similar frame to Tyus Bowser. He's got length. He's got big hands, 6'2", 250 at the combine. Um, I see him as a player that I have, a, I have a fringe round one, round two. I think he's a top 30, 35 player in this class. Ebiketti, to me, ultimately um, is ready as a pass rusher. I just don't think... He reminds me of Tyus Bowser because he's shorter with length. He's not super heavy, super stout. But he is really using that long arm to lock out and make sure that he has, you know, is able to keep his chest clean. Plays with a lot of length, um, hands super clean, not a dip and ripper, not a ghoster, but is able to win that edge really smoothly with his with his chops and his swipes. Um, hands are really fun, and I think we saw it at the Senior Bowl really well. I do like that he's from Temple and Penn State. Both of those defenses turn out pass rushers, turn out athletes at the outside linebacker edge position. Uh, had production. Checked it all off. So I think he's a somewhat safe player to be like a contributing pass rusher, like uh, in the level of like an Achena Nuasu or someone, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sacks, somewhere through there. Um, run defender, still developing, but has a good base. So uh, in pursuit, you see some effort, not, you know, moving. I wouldn't say he's a plus run defender, but he's somewhere between a plus and, and an average run defender. So solid overall. Um I just really love the hands. I love the the motor. I love the intelligence as a pass rusher. Um, really quick and efficient to get to his primary move and to work his combos. Um, maybe not the craziest athlete. Uh, did have a good vertical. Did have a good broad jump, though. So those thresholds definitely show that explosiveness, that get-off. 38-inch vertical, 128 on the broad jump. Um, him and, and Mafe and some of these guys, you know, I, I, I like the depth here in this class because of them, I think they can fit into multiple kind of groups or different style defenses pretty well, considering they might not be the highest profile pass rush or anything, but like Zizo Jalari, a little bit different player, but you know, not terribly far off from him is where I had them graded. So I like Ebiketti a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. So who else you got? I only got four more guys. None of them like super big names. Yeah. Um, another one I really like is Tyre is uh, Tyreek Smith. <clears throat> pardon me, out of Ohio State. I think he certainly is capable of of speed and capable of generating, you know, a lot of clean wins. He has good size. He tested decently. Um, I think he's just going to win a lot. And we, we just saw Jonathan Cooper was about to slip my mind. Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State last year goes to the Broncos, figures out how to win. Some pretty similar. I mean, uh, pass rush win rate from PFF, 20.2. So many clean wins on his tape. Senior Bowl, the speed is there. Um, the intangibles are there. I don't have him graded terribly beneath those guys. I have a, I have a borderline three, four grade on him, but I do think he's going to be a, a good, solid player immediately that can contribute on third down. Um, so he's one I like. Majay Sanders, 
Cincinnati, I, I don't. I'm not super high on him. Um, I have a fifth-round grade on him. Uh, not, I don't know. It's just not there for me in terms of the functional power. Um, I think he does have some smoothness. I think he can be a, a get-off guy, you know, kind of like a Tim Williams. But I just don't see the the functional strength there. I don't see him as an impact run defender. I see him missing a lot of tackles. Um, stiffness, but like explosive at the same time. Weird, weird player, very tiny as an edge rusher. Wasn't a huge fan of his. Okay, uh, interesting. I also, so I said I didn't have any other big names. I wrote down like early day three for Josh Pascal from Kentucky. Did you watch him at all? Yeah, if you want to talk about Courtney Upshaw, Pernell McPhee, I think that's that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, so 6'3", 268. Low-key sniffing unit status there. So only watch one game I wrote down, but yeah, I wrote down stocky, kind of fire hydrant type linebacker with good suddenness and urgency play to play. Not super long on tape. Um, powerful off the edge and inside. Has a killer instinct to shut plays down. And again, not super explosive or bendy, but probably won't be giving you a ton of plus plays in the pass rush department off the edge. Um, footwork, a little bit slow and inconsistent, um, but has a really big personality, great leadership traits, uh, could develop into a really solid player. And um, I think so Zierlein wrote this, and I agree with it, uh, best suited to a sub-package rotational role as an interior rusher with good run-stuffing abilities from day one. So yeah, just kind of like that solid rotational guy. And uh, that that lines up with the Courtney Upshaw, Pernell McPhee type role that you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, super explosive. Um, 10-yard split, 162. Broad jump over 10 feet. Vertical, 37 and a half inches at 62 and a half, 268. So big boy that can move. Um, not a ton of length to him, but yeah, definitely think he's going to be an impact run defender. I uh, think he plays very early on. Can develop as a pass rusher, but is going to be, you know, that hustle strength combo. Uh, Pernell McPhee style. So a um, little bit on the shorter side, doesn't have a ton of length ultimately, but the get off is there. The power is there. I like to categorize him as an explosive edge setter. Uh, so I have a, a third, fourth round grade on him and think he's going to immediately play and be a, you know, force in the NFL as a run defender. Um, third down. I, I do like the idea, like said of, of kicking him inside a little bit more um, stiffness about his game. Not, you know, going to be getting a super juiced up pass rusher, it feels like, but he is a lot to deal with. I think that he can play in multiple gaps, uh, very scheme versatile, and he, he's twitchy, but stiff. So, yeah, I like, I like that comparison. I like him as a, you know, rush linebacker that can play on the strong side and uh, set that edge for you, make plays, and, and kind of just lock horns really well with, uh, with some NFL caliber offensive linemen. Definitely. Uh, and then the other three guys that I watched, Drake Jackson, USC, Noah Burks, Wisconsin, Jeremiah Moon, Florida. Um, Jackson and Burks, not really like a ton on, but Jeremiah Moon I actually had as, and we talked about this with Bobby as well, a little bit of like a late kind of undrafted red star guy for me as far as being a fit in Baltimore. Um, I just really like the length and explosiveness, 6'6", 250. Um, I wrote, I like the first step, step and final burst to finish plays when given opportunity. Nice versatility, stands up in the middle of defense, drops back into coverage, shoots gaps, and rushes with his hand in the dirt. Um, issues come down to getting off blocks and changing directions, which limits immediate projection, obviously. But it just sounds like, and he's he's going to be like, I think 25 is a rookie I wrote down here, which that might be a negative to some people. But for me, like knowing what kind of guy he is as a dude 
who might have to earn his way on special teams and who has the attitude to do it. I almost don't hate it to say in the seventh round, if he's there, or like the sixth round, whatever it is, take a flyer on this guy, make him one of those try hard, hardball special teams guys and let him maybe play his way into a rotational role a little bit. So I don't know if you've watched him at all, but uh, he's, he's another guy that I, I kind of sneaky got my eye on as a late round option. Yeah. I mean, um, super, super, super explosive, I think is, a, is that tweener a little bit but tested out of this world. I think he is a good tackler. I think he makes plays in space. Um, I like him in that kind of hybrid role. Not the fastest guy in the world, but pretty smart and efficient in pass he takes to the ball carrier, to the quarterback. Um, Change of direction a little bit. Like, I don't know, inconsistent, I guess. Uh, Sometimes you see flashes where he's really able to turn a corner in the run game or um, you know, move laterally really well. And then other times you kind of see him get locked up. So continuing to try and, and loosen his body type up a little bit, but ton of length, good size. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to be an undrafted guy, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I think people are not, haven't quite gotten to him yet. And I think we end up seeing him with like, he's prospect 180 and has a fifth round grade or whatever. So um, I see him going like the fifth, sixth round, very productive, um, enjoyed his, testing and and his game in general i watched him a little bit more as an off-ball linebacker um in 2020 so i think he just is a good football player and yeah we'll get drafted uh day three and see him earn himself some snaps definitely he is an older prospect like you said but a lot of these guys are a lot of them because of the covid situation the eligibility are so not always the worst thing in the world yeah and you know grabbing a more complete player later in the draft might not be the worst thing especially if you know what they you want them to be so yeah, I, I, I like him a lot as a, a little bit of a day three sleeper, hopefully. Uh, but those are all the guys that I wrote down. Those are, um, I mean, a lot of the main guys there. The other sneaky one is Alex Wright out of UAB. Uh, I don't think people are quite onto him yet. He unfortunately tore his pec at the combine and couldn't do any of his testing. He did benching, tore his pec, and couldn't do anything else. Really tall, really uh, explosive, disruptive. Um, like him a lot. Logan Hall is an interesting player to me. He's kind of edge defensive lineman. We'll we'll call him a defensive lineman. We'll get to him on the other one. Um, Nick Benito. I mean, I think he's a little, it's like he's from the Big 12. He's from Oklahoma. Um, so people don't like that. I think there's a little bit of helmet scouting. He's a little undersized, but I think he can be, I think he can go get some sacks. I think he can go be a, uh, an efficient sort of pass rusher that um, will figure it out ultimately and has the capacity to, Fire off the ball uh, is going to be a weakness against the run, but I don't know, man. Mix him into that rotation, give him a little time, and I think he can figure it out. So I saw Hassan Reddick comp to him. Um, I don't quite see that level of like predator against the run, but don't don't hate him at all. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, Western Kentucky, another one, burst. Speed, explosiveness, another guy who could be a situational pass rusher later, but um, yeah, I... I uh, Obviously, people are going to be intrigued by Amare Barno, who from Virginia Tech ran that 4-3. So haven't watched his tape, but feel a little, a little interest there just from that. And I think a lot of people will flock to go see. Uh, but D'Angelo Malone, a guy I do really like out of Western Kentucky, had a nice senior bowl. Um, I think he can develop into that every down player. I think there's a, a side of him ultimately turning that way. You did mention Drake Jackson, too. Versatile guy, very high, highly regarded recruit. Good athlete. Um, What'd you say? Good athlete. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Barr, sure. Why not? Um, I saw Marcus Golden as well. I think he's going to be like a 
second round, third round guy. I have a third round grade on him, but a lot of the a lot of the intangibles are there. A lot of things are there. USC used him in an in an odd role. Uh, Going to be a twenty one year old rookie. We we mentioned the older guys. That might be a little on the younger side. Exactly. So uh, highly regarded. USC just not great. I I feel very strongly that he'll be a better NFL player than uh, what he turned into at USC. Um, you want to see more. You want to see him go to his bag of power more. He's like big and finesse, and that's why I kind of liken him to Anthony Barr in ways. He he can make plays in the passing game and coverage, and um, he he is kind of nimble against some smaller backs and things like that. So a little bit of the the big boy with a soft game in some ways. There's also Kingsley Anikbare, who's kind of the opposite. Um, all power, no change up, no finesse, no speed. Um, so some of the back end guys we'll we'll get into a little deeper, but the end of the day, you know, there's, there's just so much meat at the top. The Ravens are at 14 and I would be somewhat remiss unless they, let's say sign a Chandler Jones or uh Hassan Reddick or some other big name edge rusher in free agency to see them not take one with one of those first two picks. Um, it's, it's really going to be as, as things stand cornerback offensive tackle and edge rusher three needs that they have very much. So, so especially with that Ty Bowser injury. So with that, um, those are kind of the guys that I like for the Ravens. Ultimately, I, I think some speed would be a very welcome sight. We mentioned Moon and we mentioned Pascal. Pascal, if they want to get that third, fourth round edge rushing, edge edge defender, explosive edge setter, then I think that's a, a pretty good way to be. So, um, with that, I guess that kind of sums up the the top dudes for us, and we'll we'll trickle in more content on some later round guys as things continue to sneak through the cracks. Definitely. So. I guess we have to get into the discussion of the four guys that we like from this group. So anyone, anyone jumping out to you right away off the, uh, the top of the bat here. I've for me, it's just really between, we want to pick two guys. So getting back into the beatdown big board, we have some new listeners. We want to pick two guys from each, or excuse me, last year, guys, pardon right? me. We picked two, had our followers on Twitter vote. Mm-hmm. And then that person made it to the big board, correct? Yeah, so we start with four guys here, uh, and then it, it it's whittled to two. And then those right. they're seated into the final bracket. Right. Um, so for me, I mean, the four guys, I think we obviously are going to want to exclude Thibodeau and Hutchinson. I think I would take Thibodeau over any of these other guys still. But to me, Trayvon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, David Ajabo are locks um, there. I think for you, George Karloftis versus Ebiketti is probably the final one. It feels like to me, feels like we're going to want to go Ebiketti. I think the media is very high on Karloftis. Um, very, very, very high on Karloftis. I just, I don't quite get it all the way. Um, I think I would like to go Ebiketti. I think he's a better fit. I do, like I said, have a second round grade on Karloftis, but I just would rather see someone That's, that is a so little it, more to your point. Yeah, like to your point about how the media is going to be kind of all over Carl Loftus. I do feel that way, and I do feel like he's going to go in the first. I feel like Epichetti is more in striking range for second. So if we're talking about three first round guys and we want to get one second round guy in there, I'm a little more comfortable that Epichetti is going to fall. Sure, if we want to, we want to do it that way. Um, that's up to you, because like I said, you know, but for me, it's between Carl Loftus and Epichetti. Um, Mafe as well is is kind of sneakily around there too, but Ebiketti I think is just I don't know. I'd rather take someone with a higher pass rush upside, and to me that's Ebiketti than Karloftis. If I had to pick between the two, okay. So we got Ojabo, 
Jermaine Johnson, Trayvon Walker, Arnold Ebiketti. Boom. Okay, cool. That's four pretty four pretty solid edge rushers. Um, as opposed to last year, I think I would have Jermaine Johnson graded just a little bit higher than Jalen Phillips. Trayvon Walker is kind of in a little bit of a different category. I would have him alongside uh, Greg, much higher than Gregory Russo. And I guess somewhat similar to Quiddy Pay, who I had very high. And then Ajabo to me is like above Aziz Ajalari, maybe a little bit below Jalen Phillips and a little bit above Quiddy Pay, somewhere along there. So I think all these guys are, are very strong, but but to me, we'll uh, we'll get into the vote when the fans do, but um, and and get everything between there. But to me, the the top dogs here are Trayvon Walker and Jermaine Johnson. Absolutely. All right, pal. Any closing thoughts? Jermaine Johnson, I love him, man. I think uh, 14, you could do a lot worse. I think you're just bringing someone in who's going to be able to play immediately, be able to be pretty complete on the opposite end of OA. Uh, we talked about maybe an older prospect not being the worst thing. He's 23, I believe, right now and will be this season. So older, mature, ready to ready to go play. Very strong run defender, very explosive pass rusher. Him, Trayvon Walker, is a tough one for me, but I uh, like him a lot, so I'm glad we got to talk about this class, this super, super, super deep class. So many options for the Ravens in the first two rounds, and from there, we shall see. We'll have more clarity, hopefully, by uh, by the next episode of the big baller brand, Baltimore Beatdown Big Board, because free agency will have uh, reared its ugly head or its beautiful face. We'll see which it is to the Ravens this year. Absolutely. I, I love so many of these guys that are going to be available. You mentioned the two guys that probably aren't going to follow them. I mean, imagine like, you know, there's always the whispers that come out that they're a target that, you know, they like a guy, maybe they'll trade up and they're usually BS or it turns out to be BS because of what takes place. But who knows with those two guys uh, for my, at my camp, I'll stump for David Ojabo a guy. Just, he just feels like a Raven, you know, it's to, to simplify it a little bit. I could see him reuniting with Mike McDonald and that being a, a tenacious pairing with him and Odafe Owe. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's probably my guy as far as the top of the heap goes, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. We got these four guys. I'm going to be putting the graphics together. They're going to come out with the episode. Uh, and yeah, this was a, a fun kickoff to the big baller brand, Baltimore beat down big board. Thank you for joining me. Of course we will be chopping it up. I think we're going to skip running backs. Um, we'll, we'll touch on those. We, a might, do, we might do a micro pod on them. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on them. We, we're going to have ones that we like running backs easy to scout in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of a, that might be a little more fluffy one. Do like a Wednesday released 30 minutes or something on a couple guys we like is sort of what I had in mind. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's been fun. Certainly will. So we appreciate you guys again. When you're listening to this episode, go on Twitter, vote on the best of the four between Arnold Abiquetti, Jermaine Johnson, David Ojabo, and Trayvon Walker for the Ravens. Uh, we can say that Abiquetti, if you vote for him, you're voting for him as a, at 45. You would rather him at 45 than any of those guys at 14. We'll I'll try to. Point. I'll have to specify that. I'll do that, and I'll put the tweet together in tweet deck tonight. Just in the poll, say at 45. Yeah. So we'll be like Ojabo at 14, Walker at 14, Johnson at 14, Abiquetti at 45. Right. Um, it's perfect. Well, with that, we yield. Excited for this edge class, and it's it's tough, man. You really want to see the Ravens walk away with one of those those three top guys. It feels like. Um, at 14, but we'll have clarity after this. And from here, we will get that board together. Appreciate you guys listening so much. 
give us all the feedback in the world. Talk about guys we didn't talk about. Throw us some DMs or some comments or guys you think the Ravens should consider in the later rounds, why you like them, all that good stuff. We will be getting to it, having some guests on throughout this process as well. We coming to you live once a week with it. So again, we appreciate you and we will talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown, where we're going to be tweeting the polls out. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-E. Spenny is at Ravens for Dummies. That's a number four in the middle. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you later in the week. See ya. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Everything out of me. They gonna get a Super Bowl out of me. Believe that. Believe that.